Section 27 of Jataka Tales by H. T. Francis and E. J. Thomas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Heron's Revenge. This story was told by the master at Jedavana concerning a heron that lived in the house of the king of Kosala. She carried messages, they say, for the king, and had two young ones. The king sent this bird with a letter to some other king. When she was gone away, the boys in the royal family squeezed the young birds to death in their hands. The mother bird came back and, missing her young ones, asked who had killed her offspring. They said, so-and-so. And at this time there was a fierce and savage tiger kept in the palace, fastened by a strong chain. Now these boys came to see the tiger, and the heron went with them, thinking, even as my young ones were killed by them, just so I will deal with these boys. And she took hold of them and threw them down at the foot of the tiger. The tiger, with a growl, crunched them up. The bird said, Now is the wish of my heart fulfilled, and flying up into the air, made straight for the Himalayas. On hearing what had happened, they started a discussion in the Hall of Truth, saying, Sirs, a heron, it is said, in the king's palace, threw down before a tiger the boys who killed her young ones, and when she had thus brought about their death, she made off. The master came and inquired what it was the brethren were discussing, and said, Not now only, brethren, but formerly also did she bring about the death of those who killed her young ones, and herewith he related a legend of the past. Once upon a time the Bodhisattva Benares ruled his kingdom with justice and equity. A certain heron in his house carried messages for him, and so on, just as before. But the special point here is that in this case the bird, having let the tiger kill the boys, thought, I can no longer remain here. I will take my departure. But though I am going away, I will not leave without telling the king. But as soon as I have told him, I will be off. And so she drew nigh and saluted the king, and standing a little way off, said, My lord, it was through your carelessness that the boys killed my young ones, and under the influence of passion I, in revenge, caused their death. Now I can no longer live here. And uttering the first stanza, she said, Long I held this house as mine, honor great I did receive, it is due to act of thine, I am now compelled to leave. The king on hearing this repeated the second stanza, Should one to retaliate wrong with equal wrong repay, then his anger should abate. So, good heron, prithee, stay. Hearing this, the bird spoke the third stanza. Wrong can with wrongdoer ne'er, as of old be made at one. Not, O king, can keep me here. Lo, from henceforth I am gone. The king, on hearing this, spoke the fourth stanza. Should they wise, not foolish be, with the wronged wrongdoer may live in peace and harmony, so, good heron, prithee, stay. The bird said, As things are, I cannot stay, my lord. And saluting the king, she flew up into the air and made straight for the Himalayas. The Lion and the Bull Once upon a time, when Brahmadatta was reigning in Benares, the Bodhisatta was born as his son, and after acquiring all the arts at Takisila, on his father's death, he ruled his kingdom righteously. At that time a certain neat-herd who was tending cattle in their sheds in the forest came home and inadvertently left behind him a cow that was in calf. Between the cow and a lioness sprang up a firm friendship. 
the two animals became fast friends and went about together so after a time the cow brought forth a calf and the lioness a cub these two young creatures also by force of family ties became fast friends and wandered about together then a certain forester after observing their affection took such wares as are produced in the forest and went to benares and presented them to the king and when the king asked him friend have you seen any unusual marvel in the forest he made answer i saw nothing else that was wonderful my lord but i did see a lion and a bull wandering about together very friendly one towards another should a third animal appear said the king there will certainly be mischief come and tell me if you see the pair joined by a third animal certainly my lord he answered now when the forester had left for benares a jackal ministered to the lion and the bull when he returned to the forest and saw this he said i will tell the king that a third animal has appeared and departed for the city now the jackal thought there is no meat that i have not eaten except the flesh of lions and bulls by setting these two at variance i will get their flesh to eat and he said this is the way he speaks of you and thus dividing them one from another he soon brought about a quarrel and reduced them to a dying condition but the forester came and told the king my lord a third animal has turned up what is it said the king a jackal my lord said the king he will cause them to quarrel and will bring about their death we shall find them dead when we arrive and so saying he mounted upon his chariot and travelling on the road pointed out by the forester he arrived just as the two animals had by their quarrel destroyed one another the jackal highly delighted was eating now the flesh of the lion now that of the bull the king when he saw that they were both dead stood just as he was upon his chariot and addressing his charioteer gave utterance to these verses not in common had this pair neither wives nor food did share yet behold how slanderous word keen as any two-edged sword did devise with cunning art friends of old to keep apart thus did bull and lion fall prey to meanest beast of all so will all bedfellows be with this pair in misery if they lend a willing ear to the slanderer's whispered sneer but they thrive exceeding well e'en as those in heaven that dwell who to slander ne'er attend slander parting friend from friend the king spoke these verses and bidding them gather together the mane skin claws and teeth of the lion returned straight to his own city the quails as friends once upon a time when brahmadatta was reigning in benares the bodhisatta came to life as a young elephant and growing up a fine comely beast he became the leader of the herd with a following of eighty thousand elephants and dwelt in the himalayas at that time a quail laid her eggs in the feeding ground of the elephants when the eggs were ready to be hatched the young birds broke the shells and came out before their wings had grown and when they were still unable to fly the great being with his following of eighty thousand elephants in ranging about for food came to this spot on seeing them the quail thought this royal elephant will trample on my young ones and kill them lo i will implore his righteous protection for the defence of my brood then she raised her two wings and standing before him repeated the first stanza 
elephant of sixty years forest lord among thy peers i am but a puny bird thou a leader of the herd with my wings i homage pay spare my little ones i pray the great being said o quail be not troubled i will protect thy offspring and standing over the young birds while the eighty thousand elephants passed by he thus addressed the quail behind us comes a solitary rogue elephant he will not do our bidding when he comes do thou entreat him too and so ensure the safety of thy offspring and with these words he made off and the quail went forth to meet the other elephant and with both wings uplifted making respectful salutation she spoke the second stanza roaming over the hill and dale cherishing thy lonely way thee o forest king i hail and with wings my homage pay i am but a wretched quail spare my tender brood to slay on hearing her words the elephant spoke the third stanza i will slay thy young one's quail what can thy poor help avail my left foot can crush with ease many thousand birds like these and so saying with his foot he crushed the young birds to atoms and staling over them washed them away in a flood of water and went off loudly trumpeting the quail sat down on a bough of a tree and said then be off with you and trumpet away you shall very soon see what i will do you little know what a difference there is between strength of body and strength of mind well i will teach you this lesson and thus threatening him she repeated the fourth stanza power abused is not all gain power is often folly's bane beast that didst my young ones kill i will work thee mischief still and so saying shortly afterwards she did a good turn to a crow and when the crow who was highly pleased asked what can i do for you the quail said there is nothing else sir to be done but i shall expect you to strike with your beak and to peck out the eyes of this rogue elephant the crow readily assented and the quail then did a service to a blue fly and when the fly asked what could i do for you she said when the eyes of this rogue elephant have been put out by the crow then i want you to let fall a knit upon them the fly agreed and then the quail did a kindness to a frog and when the frog asked what it was to do she said when this rogue elephant becomes blind and shall be searching for water to drink then take your stand and utter a croak on the top of the mountain and when he has climbed to the top come down and croak again at the bottom of the precipice this much i shall look for at your hands after hearing what the quail said the frog readily assented so one day the crow with its beak pecked out both the eyes of the elephant and the fly dropped its eggs upon them and the elephant being eaten up with maggots was maddened by the pain and overcome with thirst wandered about seeking for water to drink at this moment the frog standing on the top of a mountain uttered a croak thought the elephant there must be water there and climbed up the mountain then the frog descended and standing at the bottom croaked again the elephant thought there must be water there and moved forward toward the precipice and rolling over fell to the bottom of the mountain and was killed when the quail knew that the elephant was dead she said 
I have seen the back of mine enemy, and in a high state of delight strutted over his body and passed away to fare according to her deeds. Queen Susandi Once upon a time King Tamba reigned in Benares, and his queen consort, named Susandi, was a woman of surpassing beauty. At that time the Bodhisatta came to life as a young Garuda. Now the Naga Island was then known as Saruma Island, and the Bodhisatta lived on this island in the abode of the Garudas. And he went to Benares disguised as a youth and played at dice with his tamba. Remarking his beauty, they said to Susondi, Such and such a youth plays at dice with our king. She longed to see him, and one day she adorned herself and repaired to the dice chamber. There taking her stand amongst the attendants, she fixed her gaze on the youth. He too gazed on the queen, and the pair fell in love with one another. The Garuda king, by an act of supernatural power, stirred up a storm in the city. The people, through fear of the house falling, fled out of the palace. By his power he caused it to be dark, and, carrying off the queen with him in the air, he made his way to his own abode in Naga Island. But no one knew of the coming or going of Susundi. The Garuda took his pleasure with her, and still came to play at dice with the king. Now the king had a minstrel named Saga, and, not knowing where the queen had gone, the king addressed the minstrel and said, "'Go now, and explore every land and sea, and discover what has become of the queen.' And so saying, he bade him be gone. He took what was necessary for his journey, and beginning the search from the city gate, at last came to Barukacha. At that time certain merchants of the Barukacha were setting sail for the Golden Land. He approached them and said, "'I am a minstrel. If you remit my passage money, I will act as your minstrel. Take me with you.' They agreed to do so, and, putting him on board, weighed anchor. When the ship was fairly off, they called him and bade him make music for them. He said, "'I would make music, but if I do, the fish will be so excited that your vessel will be wrecked.' If a mere mortal, they said, make music, there will be no excitement on the part of the fish. Play to us. Then do not be angry with me, he said, and turning his lute and keeping perfect harmony between the words of his song and the accompaniment of the lute string, he made music for them. The fish were maddened at the sound and splashed about, and a certain sea monster leaping up fell upon the ship and broke it in two. Saga, lying on a plank, was carried along by the wind, till he reached a banyan tree in the Naga Island, where the Garuda king lived. Now Queen Susondi, whenever the Garuda king went to play at dice, came down from her place of abode, and as she was wandering on the edge of the shore, she saw and recognized the minstrel Saga, and asked him how he got there. He told her the whole story, and she comforted him and said, "'Do not be afraid.' and embracing him in her arms, she carried him to her abode and laid him on a couch. And when he was greatly revived, she fed him with heavenly food, bathed him in heavenly-scented water, arrayed him in heavenly raiment, and adorned him with flowers of heavenly perfume, and made him recline upon a heavenly couch. Thus did she watch over him, and whenever the Garuda king returned, she hid her lover, and so soon as the king was gone, under the influence of passion, she took her pleasure with him. 
At the end of a month and a half from that time, some merchants who dwelt at Benares landed at the foot of the banyan tree in this island to get firewood and water. The minstrel went on board ship with them, and on reaching Benares, as soon as he saw the king, while he was playing at dice, Saga took his lute, and making music recited the first stanza. I scent the fragrance of the Tamira grove, I hear the moaning of the weary sea. Tamba, I am tormented with my love, for fair Susondi dwells afar from me. On hearing this, Garuda king uttered the second stanza. How didst thou cross the stormy main, and Saruma in safety gain? How didst thou, Saga, tell me, pray, to fair Susondi win thy way? Then Saga repeated three stanzas. With trading folk from Barukacha land, my ship was wrecked by monsters of the sea. I on a plank did safely gain the strand, when an anointed queen with gentle hand upbore me tenderly upon her knee, as though to her a true son I might be. She food and raiment brought, and as I lay with lovelorn eyes hung o'er my couch all day, no, Tamba, well, this word is sooth, I say. The Garuda, while the minstrel thus spoke, was filled with regrets, and said, Though I dwelt in the abode of the Garudas, I failed to guard her safely. What is this wicked woman to me? So he brought her back, and presented her to the king, and departed. And thenceforth he came not there any more. End of section 27